Hi, I'm Nate. I'm Noah. And welcome to the third season of Talking Lion. Talking Lion is a podcast focused on artist-to-artist conversation. We're primarily artists, a duo called Sleeping Lion, but we've been lucky enough to write, produce, and hang out with so many incredible rising artists since we started our project. Whether it's at sessions or parties or over cups of coffee, we've talked with our creative friends about everything. Music, life, love, and all the subtle complexities that come with being in the middle of a journey. Talking Lion is about hitting record in these conversations and sharing them with you. There's no real structure, nothing really prepared, just friends talking about life and what it's been like and where it's going. A couple reminders before we start the show. We now have a Discord server that's become a sort of community hub for Sleeping Lion and Talking Lion. We're very active on there and very eager to talk to you about who you are on the show and how you feel about the new episodes, as well as just talking about life. So yeah, come through and you can talk with us. You can make some new friends, share your art, and share your memes. Go to sleepinglionmusic.com slash discord to join our server. We hope to see you there. Lastly, our face is on a shirt. We have shirts now for Talking Lion with our faces on them. If you want to wear us on your shirt, Buy a shirt. It helps support the show and it shows your friends that you like Sleeping Lion and Talking Lion. You can find these shirts on our website, sleepinglionmusic.com slash store. Likewise, as always, any support on Patreon would mean a lot. That's how we keep the show going. And it's a great way for you guys to become involved in the show. Subscribers will become a part of the show in various ways, from providing questions to our guests, to getting a shout out on the show, to actually being on the show to chat with us. Pro tip. Patreon supporters of the Honorary Lion tier or higher will get a free shirt. So check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Talking Lion, to get involved in the show and unlock exclusive membership rewards. Now let's get on with the show. We recorded this episode with Jaj Goudreau. I met Jaj like a while ago, and we talk about it in the in the podcast, but I, I met her after one of the shows at Hotel Cafe. They all kind of bleed into each other. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. It's just one big night. I remember distinctly being with Adam Elker, and she joined us for pizza. Mm-hmm. We had pizza on Kohanga. <laughs> right. And I talk about this like on the show, but she was so nice that at first I was defensive. Right. Like I was like, how could you be so nice? But we both became fans of her music and finally decided to chat with her on the podcast. And it was a lovely conversation. She's such a lovely person. Such an interesting person. Very interesting person. Very interesting interview. She recently put out a record called Motel 6, mm-hmm. and it's amazing. It's great. With jams. Do you remember the first time you heard Nuh-uh? Yeah, I was, it was insane. Yeah. And, and throughout the entire interview, as we were talking about the song Nuh-uh, the only thing I wanted to do was listen to the song. After the interview was over, I went and immediately listened to the song. It's so good. She's a, a crazy artist and an awesome songwriter who was able to understand her vision, but is also willing to go out there to come back in, which I think is a really, really admirable trait in an artist. Truly. So, without further ado. I'm Jade Goudreau, and this is Talking Lion. Well, hey. Hey. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good, good, good. Fine. Uh, We were just saying, like, we would run into each other at shows a whole lot, but we haven't been able to go to shows in uh, over a year. So it's been a while. Yeah. I think the last (laughs) time was after, I don't know if it's, actually, I think it was a night that you didn't perform, um, although I've seen you perform and you're amazing. Um, But it was Hotel Cafe, but it was like Evangelia and like, I don't know, was it just? Yeah, it was eventually, I think it was Adam Melkor played that night. and Was it uh, Jesse it was like and Friends, f- actually? Yeah, yeah, I think it, oh, I, it was, right, I think right, it was right, Jesse right. and Friends. Uh, I remember you hanging out with us after getting pizza. And yeah. <laughs> my, my, first, my first impression, I'm going to be 100% with you. My first impression was, this girl is so nice. Like, 
what's her what's her motive <laughs> like i feel like whenever anybody no i feel like i feel like i'm so like la fucking cynical that whenever anybody is like nice i'm always just like a little bit guarded but yeah. I, now you know it's been it's been a, you know a year and a half or two years whatever i i know you now like you that you're just a nice person but Aww. like it was a very interesting uh, experience because i do remember that thought really right. clearly like like oh no like Here's a nice person. Uh, I gotta, I gotta keep my defenses. This city, up. this city's gonna eat you alive, yeah. kid. It's, especially in LA, like I just, I feel kind of the same way. A lot of, like everyone just acts kind of nice, and you're just like, okay, who's actually, you know, nice and not trying to get something from me. But you're a real one. I mean, like the, I think the, the truth of the matter is, is like you're, you, you're just like hella talented. So. You know, you. you can just you can just vibe <laughs> and you're fine. And I, I think I think when you really when you really are nice and you really are genuine with people, I think it works out in the long run. Yeah, definitely. like the arc of history bends towards nice people, you know, doing well in in, in the long run. It like it, it's it a comes long out. arc of history. It's though. a long arc of history. <laughs> no, it's a very long arc, but I think eventually it all comes out in the wash. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Where, where are you from originally? Montreal, which I'm, oh, I'm going You're to Canadian. visit my grandma next week. Yeah, I'm French Canadian. My that's why Jade Goudreau, Jade Goudreau is my name. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, are you Jacques Cousteau? <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, but my my first language is French. We oui. very cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I'm I'm from New York originally, so I won't go to war with you over whose bagels are better. But I know that we have <laughs> we have a little bit of a rivalry. I've I've heard. To be honest, like to be really honest, I don't think I've ever had like either. I, really? I know that's really weird, but I've never had either. So I'll have to try and and I'll let you know who wins. <laughs> I just had my first Montreal style bagel the other day. Wait, yeah. where and when? At Courage, the place that was written about in the New York Times in that article. It was like <laughs> LA has good bagels now. And here's the thing. Okay, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go into it a little bit. So I'm from I, I grew up in Italy. And, and people often ask me, oh, do you like Italian pizza or American pizza better? Like, oh, how does the pizza in America compare to, to Italian pizza? And th- I think ultimately it doesn't compute in my brain. They're different foodstuffs. Even though they're the same ingredients, they produce yeah. different food experiences because they're culturally distinct recipes ultimately. Mm-hmm. So I, there's a particular mood that is like, oh, I want a big, greasy New York slice of pizza. And there's also a particular mood of I want like a nice, thin, Neapolitan, beautiful crust pizza and those mm-hmm. two things aren't comparable in my brain they're not competing for attention with each other i'm not going to say yeah. one is better than the other because they're different moods i had this montreal bagel that was open face by the way so it's already like a completely different <laughs> ball game but it was still you know bagel like sesame bagel toasted cream cheese lox dill mm-hmm. like capers the whole the whole nines it tasted completely different really like it, it literally it was the same experience it was like this is a different food stuff i was like this is really interesting because i was so like i've never weird. had a montreal bagel before this conversation is making me just a little bit upset. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's that's why I went into it with 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 the Italian pride thing because it's like it's like if like that's I'm not no, saying Montreal no, bagels no, are no, I, I, I'm not I, saying Montreal bagels are better than New York bagels. I'm saying it is a different food experience, so it's a pointless conversation I, to say to, to puff your chest and say one no, is better I, than I, the other. I, I get it. I'm still gonna puff my chest. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah, why, that's, sure. that's what I do best, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I'll have to try it. But I know that also, like, even the water makes a difference. Like, the New York water Yeah, or something. water makes a big difference. Yeah, yeah the New York water, is, it's, uh, so hey, it's all in the water, you know? It's all in the water. <laughs> Must be something in the water. <laughs> Were you born in Montreal? Yeah. So, what, what was it like growing up there? So, I had a single mom, and basically, I, for the first few years of my life, I was uh, in Montreal. My first language is French. We moved to Florida with just with me and my mom, when I, like, very spontaneous, when I was, like, three or four, I think four. Um, and we like lived in our car for a bit and like 
you know, it was like she was illegal. She couldn't get a, like an actual job. So she like babysat for a while. And then um, she grew her own business, a real estate business and like had a radio show and like all this stuff. She's really, really inspiring. But back to how it was in Montreal, I was very little and I would go back and forth for summers, but it's not like I was fully raised only there. I was very much back and forth. So I feel, mm. I still feel very close to my whole uh, Montreal family. Uh, I also have family in, Fr in France. So I'm very connected and I feel very like that's still my home. But yeah, I can't tell you, you know how it is all the time, how it no, is. No, for sure. Yeah. Well, that, that's that's a, a really interesting like story of growing up too. I mean, like that that's a story that is more common than people think, mm -hmm. but also I'm sure was was challenging as a kid. Well, like what was that like sort of moving around the way you did and, and when you first sort of got to Florida? Uh, I was very lucky with the way my mom is. I think it's all about mentality. And she always like, I never knew I was struggling ever. I, I never knew we were poor. I never knew I didn't have what I wanted. Like, she always made me feel like it was an adventure and that, you know, like, as soon as we got a little bit of money, like, she would take me to the dollar store and say, you can have any toy you want. Like, it just, like, I just thought I had everything that other kids had. So she was an amazing mom. I mean, that's that, I, that's a testament to it. Like, that's yeah. that's really, really special. How did you first start getting into music? You know, would you would you guys listen to a music a whole lot? Like, was she very musical? What was, uh, we always say, like, how, how did the bug first bite? I don't think it bit for a long, long, long time, actually. But she <laughs> she did uh, she did bring me to my first concert, which was Aretha Franklin when I was, like, eight. <laughs> so that's nice. pretty. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, that's, that's a great first concert. <laughs> I know. I know. And I loved her. And I loved, uh, who else? The get up, uh, get on up. I forgot who that is. Uh, James Brown? Yeah, James Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like she liked that. She liked the Temptations. Uh, right. A lot of like those kind of oldies. And uh, yeah, so I liked that. And then uh, when I went to Montreal, my, my dad kind of listened to uh, ABBA, uh, ACDC, like all kinds of things too. And and so it was really cool to, to get that. But I never really got into it myself till, <sighs> I'm trying to think, probably somebody gave me like when I was, I don't know, I was, I was like 16, I think, actually. So it's not like, uh, this is when I started actually like making my own playlist and, and getting really into it was uh, when somebody gave me this book called the Encyclopedia of Rock. And it's not just rock music. It's like, it's, I wish I had kept it, but it had all, every genre. And um, from like the fucking 10s or 20s. 1920s, you know, right, <laughs> and right, uh, right. I feel like I have to specify. And I just like went <laughs> yeah, through. Because we did the 10s and 20s already. Yeah. In 20. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I would go and like I would like search every fucking name and like listen and um, I, I, I that's when I got really passionate and I got like into a very blues phase. I really got obsessed with blues and then I don't know all kinds of things. But that's when I started listening. And then but I, at the time I was just acting, by the way. That's what I wanted to do for a, a long mm. time. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. And uh and it kind of like when I did get into singing, I started posting covers on, on YouTube. You can really see my first cover. You can kind of see my growth online, really. That's what I mean, that's what we all like uh, everybody who makes music in yeah. our generation, they have <laughs> some sort of timestamp. Unless they've really gone back and like wiped it out. Like you can see 
all of our first. I'm, I'm always fascinated by, by the stuff. level to which artists, when they hit a certain tier of success, completely scrub their back catalog oh, from the it's internet. So sad. It's so like I want like Charlie Puth like has deleted all of his old funny YouTube videos from when he was in college. Like I would love to see that content. Like I would <laughs> like like that video of Timothy Chalamet like doing his stupid uh, rap for his statistics class. Like statistics. <laughs> statistics. Like I love. I mean, we. I don't know. I, I just I'm fascinated with people's journeys and how artists kind of grow and develop. So I love. It doesn't make the story access. not feel clean. It to doesn't me. make the like, story it not the feel clean. It makes the story feel cleaner that there is an actual story. Yeah, it makes, yeah, exactly. It feels more honest to me to have the, you know, those growing pains kind of somewhat, not like, you know, you don't have to like publicize it or like still yeah. keep it as part of your brands. But I think the idea of like generating this myth that you came out of the, mm-hmm. the proverbial cultural womb, a fully formed artist is actually a kind of weird, like, difficult. And and I think it's maybe even it's a, a, bad da- lie. a damaging, it's a, it's, a hurt, it's a hurtful lie. It's a hurtful yeah. Lie. Especially that like a lot of people don't believe in themselves because they think like, Oh, all these people just kind of made it. Like they just yeah. made it with no like hard work. And it's not true. Most of the success you see, like they took years and years and years, like, yeah. you know, so, yeah, no, I, I kind of like leaving some stuff, even if it embarrasses me up online. Like, obviously, I have deleted some. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We all, I mean, we all yeah. have. <laughs> what, did you, what did you cover back then? Like, what kind of artists? First of all, I always liked singing acoustic. It, 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 my voice isn't super, like, belty or strong, so it's not, like, I, I don't do well with normal instrumentals usually. So I always went for acoustic, chill, laid-back stuff, but... um. I don't know. I don't remember. Like a Drake song, a Adele, a, a Ed Sheeran. Oh yeah, that's awesome. I, cool. I, I I I respect that a whole lot. When did you uh, When did you move to LA? Uh, exactly two years ago. Oh wow! Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, I met you like pretty much right after I moved here. Oh, that, wow. that tends to happen, right? <laughs> and and it was kind of crazy too because you were like, "Oh, you." Because when I told you my name, you were like, "Oh, you just wrote with somebody." Like somebody mentioned your name. I was like, "Somebody mentioned my name." I like literally just got here, but I was like, <laughs> "But I was already kind of writing, you know, with people and stuff." So yeah, I. So we're, we're really about like maybe three years into being in LA. Yeah, but um. You know, I, I we 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 have this podcast. We we write with a bunch of people and stuff. So I tend to just like in general, whether I mean to or not, have my ear to the floor about stuff. I was also at the time writing for We Found New Music, so like I was constantly just like knowing everything that was coming out, everybody who was writing on everything, like all of that stuff. So if if anybody like had just moved to LA and was making buzz, it was very unlikely I didn't know. Mm. Uh, who they were and if they were coming to a show yeah. even more so like I you know I'd run into it but also like you had seen us and you actually had approached us which again I got very defensive about <laughs> but yeah. like I think you you did everything right which is like you came to LA you did the session thing like you were like incredibly kind and like great in like the networking environment and stuff we really wanted to write I think at the time we were just starting to work on our own records. So we had sort of stopped doing sessions for a second. Mm. And then of course, like COVID hit. Um, but like, yeah, it was just, it was, it was cool because I'd heard about you and then you were like, Oh, well we, I heard of you. And it's like, cool. Then now we sort of heard of each other. Let's get pizza, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I believe was a Neapolitan style pizza. Uh, that I take issue with. I don't that remember that part. We know we got went. We were, I remember clearly. We were at the pizza place right next to Hotel Cafe. So that yeah. was. Though I think actually now that I think about it, it might have actually just been like a New York style <laughs> joint or whatever. Or it's LA style. It's its own. Cuisine. Yeah. What even is LA style? <laughs> yeah. I think the irony is a lot of the pizza that I get here is Neapolitan style, like 800 and all yeah, those yeah. places. But didn't but. 
didn't you perform that night though? Like, sorry, I'm just trying to remember. Not that night, not that night. The first night we met though, that's what I mean. First night we met, I think we played, because uh, I'm remembering two different memories. And I think the first yeah. night we played at Hotel Cafe and then the second time was Jesse and Friends. Every night at Hotel Cafe is just it's the one, same, one night, night in my it's head. All just, it's all just yeah. one it's big so dumb true. memory. It's all just, yeah. It's With all thousands just, of people and hundreds of performances. It's all just one big long it's night. It's all just Groundhog's Day. Truly. <laughs> Wait, what, what was the, what was the show that we played? It was, what, uh, it was um was it a writer's the block? Show. Oh, it was, it was oh, it was when we played yeah, the French show. Okay, cool, 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 cool. I remember cool. at the pizza place that we were at, Adam Melker and uh, Carly Page were there. Right, right. So, right, right. but then I remember also hanging out with you at Jesse and Friends. Yes. So, yes. But so. anyways, I remember your performance because I remember you got the like it was so good, and you got the audience to sing. We were singing oh, along. Yeah, we definitely yeah, did, we generous, definitely did yeah. generous. Yeah, yeah, I remember that show. That was a good show. Yeah, that was really fun. Well, I, I, I appreciate that. You know, um, I'm just thinking back to that. That was such a weird time that, like, I, I feel like I was just in general, just like more closed off than I'd ever been, mm. like in LA. But I, I did like put your music into my like listen to this when you are in a good headspace playlist. And I was driving. I remember very clearly. I was driving to Dunkin' Donuts one morning. <laughs> I was listening to the playlist. And I believe in aliens comes on. So we stood it like it's gold. We gon' stood it like it's gold. Stood it like it's gold. I don't wanna fit the most. So we stood it like it's gold. Yeah, we stood it cause you're golden. We gon' do it again. I believe in aliens. Your busy mind does not surprise me. And I'm like, this is fucking crazy. Like, <laughs> who is this? And I look over, I'm like, the girl from the pizza place? <laughs> Fuck yeah. I think I texted you. I'm like, you're crazy good. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, I remember you DM'd me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's that like, I think what I love about I Believe in Aliens, and I want to like kind of dive into that song. That's the first, like my first introduction to you. But like, you're cool. Like you, you <laughs> like the way that you sing and it like all your songs, there are so many people who try to sound cool on the records and just don't. And you manage to like get that like, sort of effortless, like like laid back, cool vibe, just so naturally. And and it, yeah, it really floored me. And I, like, I, so this uh, actually leads me to a question that I, I was curious to ask you, which is, you know, if you used to be in very much into acting, to what extent do you feel like acting uh, and that the sort of whatever you kind of experienced in that pursuit informs how you sort of perform and, and and embody yourself as an artist. That's such a you question. I love that. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, yeah. wow. Um, well, I have to say that I don't really act when I'm recording. I, I don't act. Interesting. Uh, most, most of the time. I'll mention one song where I did or, or whatever, but most uh, songs I just kind of, I don't think about it. I just fucking feel it and do it, you know? And I don't, I think that yeah. it's, it's when you're trying some like hard to to create an emotion that's not there or whatever it is that it doesn't feel authentic. I, I I don't know. That's just my viewpoint. No, I I said something similar to Noah. Yeah, when I'm like like people can hear when you're trying too hard. Yeah, no, exactly. It's a it's a it's a fine line. Well, I feel like that's that's the struggle in acting too. Because ideally, yeah. a, a successful performance from an acting perspective comes across as genuine. Right. It reads as genuine, even if it's not necessarily. But then there's the whole philosophical thing of like, well, there always has to be an element of truth. But I think that's what's fascinating about acting as a medium is that you can embody, you can embody an emotion right. without fully actually feeling it in some sense of reality. 
And I think that's what that's what I've just been something I've been fascinated by. But yeah. I think in music, I think in music it's harder. I think in music it's even harder than in in visual media and stage plays. I think in music we really look for just like like you're saying. I just I go into the booth and I do it. Like it, you know, I think that we're we're really always searching for that. And I think that even if there are other ways of doing it, I think that that's that tends to be the best. And like when I get too much in my head after too many takes or whatever, certain times like it's it's harder. Like but like yeah. let's say with like and I get worse. So, but with Aliens, like, it was probably is the easiest and fastest song to record. Probably that I've ever done, I think. I think. Talk me through it. Like, how does, how, like, one, to have a concept that it's, like, so cool and fresh, but also, like, to have it be so, like, strong and solid while also being minimal. It's just an incredible feat. Like, how did you, how did that song come about? Was there a line that sort of stood out to you at first, too? Yeah, I think that the day before I had a, a few, like, concepts and I was talking to my producer and I just told him, like, I believe in aliens. And he kind of laughed and he was like, yeah, OK, like, <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, like, same with Hug a Bear. That was the same era. <laughs> this is the same time. And it's like, yeah, sure, we can do that. And then I was kind of upset or something was going on. And then I realized, like, I... Not everybody has my beliefs. Not everybody thinks like me. Like, I, I think very differently. I'm kind of weird. I, I, and, and this is, um, yes, I believe in aliens. I believe in past lives. I believe in all this stuff. So basically, like I had mentioned that I believe in aliens concept. I didn't have a very, very deep meaning yet for it. You know, it's just like I just had the I believe in aliens kind of thing. And then um, that day, my producer said something like, um, I want to open up to you one day. I'll open up to you about something like, and he didn't want to talk about it. He like, you know, we barely knew each other at that time. And then I was like, is your producer, is, is that Pierre? Yeah. 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 Cool. So then that night I told him, I told him in the car, actually, <laughs> this is like the day we met actually, I think, or like the next day. And I was like, listen, you can tell me all your secrets. You can tell me anything. Like I'm, not, I'm not one to judge and and um, just tell me everything. Like I don't care. And he, you know, that might throw him off. Like I just met you, you know. But then the next day, he or that night, he texted me like, um, yeah, okay, I might open up like soon or something. So that so basically the next day we went in the studio and it was like very much related to that. So it was like, listen, I believe in aliens. I believe in past lives, which means that I think that we've all done like all crazy shit in our past lives. And so I'm not really one to judge, you know, that's kind of yeah. like, yeah. that's like the thing. That's kind of what I, it was about. It's like, I, I believe in you. <laughs> I believe in you. <laughs> and you can kind of tell me anything and I won't judge. And, and he opened up and it was really cool. And even though it's a very light and fun song, it has a much, much deeper meaning. And and I'm so bad at explaining it. No, I, no, I, think no that was really I, I really appreciate that. And I think that in a lot of ways, too, like the song resonated with me because it's like, yeah, I fucking believe in aliens. Like, what's it to you? Like, I know on the one hand, it's like, yeah, my, my beliefs are my beliefs. And like, that doesn't have to bother you. But also like that you probably believe in something, you know, something out there too. And we all believe in something that's like a bit like out there to somebody else. And I think that that's, if, you, if you're not going to believe in something a bit out there, then what, what's the point of believing in anything, you know, maybe. 
I, I don't know. I, I always like when somebody believes in something, even that I don't. Like, I, I think that it's very respect, respectful, respectable, yeah, yeah. respectable that like somebody actually is thinking for themselves and believing what they want to believe instead of just kind of believing everything that you're supposed to. I don't know. I, I think that's cool. No, no I, I think I think it shows in the song. How, how did you, because Pierre is on like, a bunch of your songs so obviously that's a it's become a really incredible collaborative uh relationship how, how did you guys first meet um and and how did you know like oh well this is the person who's like gonna get my my sound um and my writing like right it's because um oh so there's this girl named carly hansen you probably know yeah yeah so basically carly um i started following her when she had like one cover on her Instagram, like she barely oh, wow. had like any any followers or anything. And I, for some reason, saw something in her. I was curious like where she was going to go, basically. So I like followed her. And then several months later, she came out with her first song, which was Why Did You Lie? And um, I was like obsessed with the production. And I had been looking for a producer that... For months, I had been looking for a producer for my original stuff and nothing like to me stuck, stood out. And this was like, yes, this is this is what I've been looking for. Like, it's similar to the style I was looking for. And uh, even though we didn't go exactly that route, it was like, I know he can do what I, you know, what I'm looking for. So, but I didn't really have any money at the time for production. So I, I wasn't going to go look who, who produced it. I didn't even look who pro fucking produced it. But then this is a universe thing. Okay, this is this is where like the universe <laughs> comes in, puts us together. But I had like my first original song, which I leave up. I'm not super proud of it, but I, I leave it up because it's like I like seeing the progress, you know? What we were but, saying before, yeah. yeah, the progress. Yeah. So I had my first song up and then uh, it did get some like... It, at the time, musically, <laughs> it it got some musically traction a little bit, and then it it it, cool. it, it kind of brings some to Spotify. And by the way, I was like kind of one of the first to try to promote my music on musically. Now everybody tries it on TikTok. Everybody does it now. But like <laughs> yeah. I was there, like, can you make a video to my song, like on musically? <laughs> Trust me, yeah. when we first started out, we were one of the uh, early bands to like really do like the blog and hype machine mm. thing, which now is just like so obvious that like everybody does it and then it doesn't matter anymore. But trust me, when you are the first on an idea, it does feel very revolutionary and then everybody fucking does it and then it doesn't matter, you know? So I get that. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I did, I definitely don't think that I'm the one that fucking started it or anything. No, no, but, but, but like to, but be, yes. to be early on yes. something in general, yes. just like being early on something. Definitely. Um, so then it did bring some traction to Spotify and that get, got it in the algorithm, which was Discover Weekly. It got like, a hundred thousand streams from Discover Weekly, like within a few days or something crazy like that. I oh. was like, "What the fuck?" Like, and I didn't know. I didn't understand. Like, I didn't understand because I hadn't looked. Like, now I understand Spotify way better, but I didn't at the time. So I was like, "What's going on?" And I saw that it was Discover Weekly. I thought that was a curated playlist. Right. So I was like, they put me on this playlist. And <laughs> right. I was like, oh my God, I need to get a hold of them. I need to call Spotify and like <laughs> say thank you so much. Like, and like I was looking for like an entire week trying to find their their contact. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, and I was like friends 
by the way, I don't really go on Facebook that much, but I, I have it for my family, you know, and stuff like that. And I had, and I was friends on Facebook with somebody that worked at Spotify Canada. And, and, like, I don't really talk to him or anything, but I was friends with him on Facebook. Right, right. But I'm not, like, stupid either. Like, I don't want to use a contact like that. I don't know. It's just weird. It just didn't feel right. I didn't want to ask him for the fucking information or whatever. So I was like... Let me just go in his friends and ask a couple random people in his friends list if they have Spotify's number. Maybe they're in the industry. I don't know. So that's how that was. So I went and asked like three people and one of them was Pierre. And Pierre was like, hey, listen, I don't really go on Facebook. Let's talk on Instagram. I went to his Instagram and I see Carly's song on his Instagram. And I was like, why do you <laughs> nice, have Carly's song on there? And he was like, oh, I, I co-wrote I co -wrote it and produced it. And I was like, I literally was jumping up and down. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like that. And I was like, this is <laughs> That's so insane. Funny. So then we continued talking. He was like down. He really wanted to work with me. We got on a phone call. My mom was like, all right, I'll pitch. I'll, I'll like help you. Like I'll, I'll. And then she, she basically said, to him, if you give us this price, we'll do it right now. We'll we'll send her out right now. And my mom, bless her, <laughs> she uh, <laughs> she helped me. And like I did my first five songs. I think it was five songs. Uh, and I flew out like two weeks later or something like that to work with him. And we really, That's we really clicked. I loved just he's so good. And it was what I was looking for. It was like it was like a good pop like bass but it was a little out of the box well also he just he knew more and more as we wrote together that i love to go out of the box so like yeah we did that together it was cool i i love that i mean you your story is awesome it's a great <laughs> like, story i i hate to be, be like like pr brain on it but i'm just like yeah like you what i love about growing up in new york and like some of the people that we work with and stuff like that is like when somebody's got a chip on their shoulder, when somebody's got like the the drive to just like turn every rock over, that's so, so special. And I feel like there are a lot of people, especially people who come from like intense privilege, who don't feel the necessity to like turn over every rock or to like to thank the Spotify rep that put them up mm. on the yeah. playlist or to just like reach, or yeah, out, just to reach, reach out, out to random, random people. people. In like, the, yeah. I, I, love, I that, love that, you know, and and even, you know, even your mom like putting it up, like you explain like that's not a small feat. For yeah. her. That's not like a parent helping. That is a parent low-key sacrificing and believing in the kid. Like that is yeah. that's beautiful. And so I just I respected you before this interview, but I just have so much fucking respect for you because yeah. you have a chip on your shoulder and you you're not taking any of this shit for granted. You know the yeah. value of every dollar and you know the value of every connection and friendship and milestone. And that's that's something that I feel like we don't see as often as we should. And that's yeah. just like, that's, that resonates a lot with me, I think. Thank you so much. I, yeah, no, for real. And I, I appreciate, like, even if I don't, I still don't <laughs> talk to the Spotify people. I, I literally like think about them. I know they're people, I know they're listening and I, and they make that decision and I'm so fucking grateful. I'm just so thankful. Yeah. 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 We, yeah, you know, we, we sacrifice at least uh, a goat a, a month to the gods, you know? Uh, <laughs> the gods being Spotify. The gods of the Spotify. We go, we go outside. The, the, <laughs> we go, we, we go the every month to the Spotify office with, with a, a goat, with a goat and, and, and a basket of flowers. And we just give them the flowers. <laughs> Wait, what's what's the what's the movie where like 
somebody does actually like walk into a bank and slaughter a goat and that's totally normal. I think it's the leftovers. The, 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 the killing of the goat in the bank is the leftovers. I don't know why that's just in my brain, but that's that's more or less how we handle uh, our Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Maybe that's why we haven't gotten as many as we as we maybe could have. Is because we keep, yes, we gotta, keep killing goats in front of their. <laughs> yeah, maybe they're just like these guys. Their music's good, but, music's but what's gonna, with the goats? They, yeah, we we really support them if they would stop <laughs> slaughtering a goat in our lobby. Wow! <laughs> wow, wow, wow! Wow! Oh my god! This joke got weird. Um, <laughs> I segue. I love your record. Uh, Motel Six is nuts. It's real good. Like every song on it is fantastic, and uh, and I just kind of want to like talk through the songs. The first one, the uh, the title track, I want to talk about because Motel Six as a song is just like it's just cool. It's just chill. I love the music video. Like I love that. Like your your videos are like very like dance and scenery oriented. Like it looks like a really really cool film almost. You know, mm. how did you come up with the concept and? Um, what's the story behind the song Motel 6? And why name your record after it? Mm-hmm. Uh, so why I named the record. So basically there was seven songs and I was like, can can the title be one of those songs? I was kind of just looking at that idea. And then I looked at the one that really, the, the one that I wanted right away and I made the decision very quickly was Motel 6. And the reason why is because it's my first record. It's my first ever album. And it was also about the start of my journey to L.A. So I was basically like uh, exactly two years ago, I like made the decision to move to L.A. Um, and I got my first car and I drove across the country by myself. Terrifying. Um, <laughs> and I would like, you know, call my mom every like two minutes. <laughs> and um, and then she and then I was like trying to save money. So like I slept in my car um for the first night but then the, the you know I was like almost falling asleep on the, at the wheel the next day it was very hard to sleep in my car and so we had a similar experience on our drive over we did it yeah? in one, one stint yeah. so um yeah like we would do like yeah we didn't stop we didn't stop anyway, we just and we went just, from Nashville and, to, and, and Noah had just gotten his license too so he wasn't like I didn't yeah. know what my limit was in terms of driving I was just like oh I'll just keep going and then I was like oh that's that's too much driving <laughs> for me but I, I had driven like 12 to like 15 hours or something so I was finally like getting my like time to sleep and then he got tired behind the wheel so then i was driving we were both just more tired than we needed to be yeah yeah should have stopped at motel six basically (laughs) that's exactly what happened so my mom was like listen this is dangerous you need to get proper sleep just stop somewhere and so i i like went and i stopped at a motel six and then when i was in there i like was so happy to be in a like I don't know just to be in a place not that's not my car (laughs) to have (laughs) like to shower and like to have space and I did have my recording mic and I was just kind of like writing there and I didn't really write that song there but I did have that concept and I had a you know a couple little lyrics um that started there but it's kind of took on its whole meaning as in it's the whole start of my journey. I'm going to like pursue my whole dreams. Like right now, this is, you know? Yeah. yeah it, it's, it's cool because it's like, it's, it's a, the motel six, which is typically not, you know, the, the, the lap of luxury, if you <laughs> yeah. will. But, but the way that you sing it is so exciting. Like you're so yeah. excited 
to be, you know, to be there because of what it represents. It's like, okay, yeah. you know, I, maybe it's not like the, the, the Marriott, whatever, but it's, or I don't know, nice hotels. Cause I've stayed in one, <laughs> nice one in my life, but like, <laughs> La Quinta. Uh, it's not, it's no La Quinta, um, <laughs> but like, but it is the start of the journey. So uh, yep. that's why like, I love the upbeat and like the excitement that is in that chorus. I'm staying at the Is there a line that stands out to you in that song? Oh my God, I always forget my own lyrics until I'm reading them out. Pause in the podcast because she actually sent her answer as a voice note after the interview. <laughs> so I looked up the lyrics to um, Motel 6 because I was like, oh, I hate like when I'm like talking on a podcast and I can't like, you know, go on my phone and check the lyrics or like I could, but you know, it would just be annoying. Um, so I just did it now and basically... I kind of like it's hard to choose a favorite lyric because I just like the whole thing, like not in a cocky way. I just like the whole thing because it tells us, you know, it tells my story. But um, my favorite lyric is probably um, with the ones who row their boat, because basically like coming from a like living in a small town, Clearwater, and like not much people are going after their dreams or like big goals and like doing things like that so most of my friends we just kind of chilled and it, it, nothing wrong with that I love that too but we were like you know vibing and like chilling and going to the beach and just not doing much together kind of thing and by the way I miss that and I love that but I felt very ready to like go out to LA and, and be with people who are this is just kind of the way I said it but you know the ones who row their boats like the one the, the ones who are doing their thing, like who are going after something, who are going in their their chosen path, like like they're in their boat and they're steering it, not somebody else, you know? And I like to be around people who who have like goals and like all of that. Um, a balance is good. Like I love chill people who are just like happy with life and just, you know, chilling too. But that's what I wanted at that moment. And yeah. I just like that. I like the mentality that that instead of being like, um, and in the moment, of course, some things were tough. Like I was really scared. Like I wasn't. I was a new driver, like next to these giant trucks that, like, I had nightmares. I hate the trucks. Like trucks, I hate the trucks. Yeah, <laughs> I had nightmares like three nights in a row when I when I got to LA about being on the road. And then also my windshield wiper didn't work very well. So like when it rained, <gasps> I couldn't see anything. It was so scary. Um, <laughs> your, your next song could just be called Fuck Trucks. Like, <laughs> <laughs> No, for real. Like, let's do it. Let's do it. Hey, down. Hey, come through. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll write trucks. it. We're vaccinated. Yeah, we'll, we'll write We'll write Fuck Trucks. Honestly, I feel like it, it is in, in the Jad's world, you know? So. <laughs> yeah. Pressure. I think the song that like really like hit me too, um, that almost sounds like like its own kind of like standalone thing. Like it, it it fits into the record, but it is its own sort of world is um purple circles. That song really, really pretty, really pretty. And it really like 
I don't know, it really resonated with me and really struck a chord. That song feels very personal. How did that song come to be? It was interesting because I had had that Purple Circles title and idea, I guess, for for a pretty long time. Um, but I really wanted to write about somebody else, actually. Like, you know, Purple Circles, like, you get you get that, right? Yeah. Purple um, Circles. I mean, I, I have them. <laughs> you can, if you look real carefully. Yeah, yeah. So um, it was honestly going to be like a way different thing before I had like a person in mind. I had kind of a story in mind. And then we, I don't know what it was, but the day we went in the studio, we started talking. You know how you do, like you talk and talk and then yeah. you realize, actually, maybe let's go this direction. And and I was thinking about this song the other day and thinking how... <sighs> I'm a very open person, but when it comes to a couple of my songs, especially the ones that like are more, I don't know, deep or like that are, can be personal to fans listening. I don't like to over, I don't like to explain it that much because like they have their own story when they listen to it. And it's so good getting these DMs like about their own stuff, but I am a night owl. That's where it just started on the, on the very, like, uh, how do you say like not surface. deep in on the very surface. It's just like, I'm a late night owl. Sometimes it gets in the way of like, when you don't sleep enough, it's pretty simple. But when you don't sleep enough, like you do get in your head, you do get more anxiety, you do get more yeah. like uh, all those negative moods. And you, you kind of forget that like, oh, wait, I need to just like sleep more <laughs> or yeah, like right. take care of your body. Um, so, so some people know, some people don't. I, I like my, the average time I go to sleep, like like a good night for me going to sleep is usually about like 3.30 or 4 a.m. That's good for um, me too. Yeah. And, and there's construction outside my house. Uh, and there has been for about a year and a half. So sometimes like I, and they start at eight o'clock. So some, like mm. I have earplugs. Like yep. I also, I ground my teeth in my sleep. So I have a mouth guard. It, it is crazy how numb I feel before I go to sleep because I have, I can't hear anything. I can't talk because of the mouth guard and like it, like, you know, kind of, and then of course I'm closing my eyes. So it's like this <laughs> weird, like sensory deprivation when I go to sleep. But um, Me too. <laughs> if, I'm lucky, if, if I'm lucky, I can just like go to sleep. But sometimes I get, I do get woken up by um, construction. And, I, and the thing that makes me so upset about the construction isn't that, oh, now I'm tired and I wake up. It's like, I know that at like 2 p.m. or 3 p.m., I'm going to be really, really anxious or really, really depressed or really like cranky mm -hmm. um, because I know that my moods are fucked up by it. So like, I, that's that's why my own interpretation, why like the song really resonated with me too. It's just so like, it's like, that, yeah. That's a big part of the, the song. Also, I love nighttime. Like there's something about it mm -hmm. where I want to get better schedule, but at the same time, there's something that I wanted the song to feel like, which we really fucking conquered. Thank you, Pierre. Like, it just feels so... And John, um, it feels very peaceful. I wanted it to feel so peaceful. I wanted it this exact emotion where I'm, si I'm sitting alone, like, at night. It's so fucking peaceful. Everyone's asleep, and there's just, like, the stars and, like, peace, serenity. And I love that, for me at least, when I listen to the song, that's how I feel. Yeah. So, I mean, I love that time. You don't have to sell me on that time. Like I love, you know, it's that like I could watch a dozen episodes of TV without feeling guilty. You know, it's that like I can, I don't have to text anybody. Like mm. I don't have to answer to anybody. I don't even have to like 
reply to my emails or even if I do, I like set them for a scheduler, you know, so that it sends at a, at a normal time tomorrow. You know, like there's something really nice about having, it's almost like time is frozen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and actually, I'm even just thinking about this now. I read a book as a kid about like, it's a series about, I think it was called The Midnighters and it was about how uh, time froze for an hour mm. for for like a group of kids in this neighborhood. Oh, that's cool. Um, and I remember just like that's a fun concept. Really romanticizing that that idea of yeah. just like wow. Um, because I feel that like late at late at night, like it doesn't it doesn't matter if it's two a.m. or three a.m. or four a.m. Like it all is the same. Mm -hmm. Like everything is quiet, everything is still, and you can just kind of like it's not even just like as like corny as like be yourself. Yeah, but you you can just you can just do whatever feels right at that time. So that that could be watching television or that could be like really diving into a song or yeah. diving into something that like you were second guessing the whole day or whatever. So yeah, I, I feel that way too. But I think the the part about living with you is that you're up at those hours. Right, so it's like, right. that, it's like I, I, don't <laughs> I don't necessarily get to have that experience. Yeah, you, get that, you get that experience at 8 a.m. Yeah, exactly. That's why <laughs> I've been trying to shift to being a morning person because like as much as I think I naturally am a night person, I think, yeah, the thing that I crave yeah, is you'd just- have to, You'd have to is, beat me for it. I'd have to beat you for <laughs> it. And it's like, well, and that's the thing. I would have to require staying up till five or six. So it's like, I might as well try to wake up at five or six anyway, which does never happens. Yeah. But like, I, I'm, man I'm managing a solid nine <laughs> nowadays with the help of medication and that's been fun. It was like, I, now that I'm thinking about it, I think we like initially scheduled this interview at like 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. <laughs> and mm -hmm. like neither of us like even realized that we were texting that late. Not yeah, at all, so not funny. at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Moving on to another song on the record. I think nuh -uh is a fucking hit. It's nutso butso. It's but -so. nutso butso. It's sicko <laughs> mode. It's crazy. Nuh -uh is actually ah. short for nutso butso. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when I say that, like, I believe in aliens were like, is like effortlessly cool. Nuh -uh, like just cranks that up to, to just a let, not to fucking say crank it up to 11, but like, it is just so cool. Like you sound so cool on it. And like, it's just the the pre-chorus gets stuck in my head. Till you bang, 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 knocking at the door. Bang, 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 trying to start a war. Like a man, man, screaming, seen it up before. All that you've been wanting. The chorus gets stuck in my head. If you see him coming, tell him, nah-uh. Ring a ding, ding, he a monster. Get your pistol at the holster. A liar, a cheater, a runner, check. So don't say, yes, say nah. Every part of the song just slaps, and I yeah, yeah. it's so good. Nah, is crazy. I, I don't mean to gas you up. I just want you to know how nutso that song is. Oh, uh, thank you. I, I mean, so with that song, um, I I I don't think it would have happened if I went in and I knew like I was gonna write for my own project. Like like my mentality is different when I go in and write for my own project. And sometimes magic happens where I'm going in. It, to write for somebody else and these songs yeah. happen mm -hmm. and then i'm like actually yeah. happens to us all the time yeah yeah and then you're like i wouldn't have got this but i love it and i really put myself into it so now i i'm gonna release it and that's basically what happened it wasn't that simple because i did get hired as a writer <laughs> to go in that session so it was a little bit of fighting on my side but it finally happened and uh, everybody agreed and i got the song 
And um, it's it's doing what it's it's my highest saved song. So that's for me that means a lot just because it's not just the streams. It's actually like people saving it. Um, yeah. yeah. And that makes me happy. But also like I, I haven't really put so much energy toward pr- promotion. I think it's the buildup as well. Like um, of like you're doing the waterfall releases for the for the, the record too, right? The waterfall releases I did, and I also just like each fucking release I would send to a ton of people, try to get family and friends to like, like, and like, you know, all this stuff. And, and like, um, it's so much work. Like I put so much work into all that stuff without a really a budget. And then it just like gradually like grows, you know? And then I have to thank yeah. uh, obviously Spotify too, for putting me on playlists. Cause that helps enormously. We gotta get you their number. We gotta, <laughs> gotta <laughs> you gotta, you gotta at least get, get a, an office address so you can slaughter the sacred goat. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was about to release like another song right after, like I try, I have been trying to keep up this momentum. And then, um, I was told that, you know, Spotify kind of pays attention to your last release the most and it's doing really well. And it continues to like have this, like usually my, Songs have kind of a peak and then a drop. And this one's just kind of continuing. So I'm like, all right, now I need to like find a ways to push it and ways to get it more known and, and whatever. So I'm. Have you tried musically? <laughs> <laughs> well, I have tried TikTok. It changed, they really changed the format. So it's not like easy to find smaller videos. And so I don't really yeah. do that. No, definitely. I love it just like blasting in my car. Like yeah, my, it's, my, it's the perfect blast in your car song. I, I bike a bunch of miles a day and I drive a lot. And those are my two litmus tests for if a song is awesome. And I know it can back. <laughs> I listen to like eight songs. Yeah. So just like it's, you know, it's on the rotation. Oh, really? You listen to like not that many songs? No, I, I see. Here's the, the thing is, is that like I'm so picky about songs that there are very few like no skip songs that I got. So I'll make like a like I'll I'll lock in like a playlist or like the algorithm like the daily drive algorithm will be like we noticed you only listen to these eight songs <laughs> so here are these eight songs right <laughs> <laughs> oh that's really funny wow I, I just feel like whenever I'm I'm driving around I just want like a certain vibe and and most of the time it's either pop punk or just like like just something cool you know yeah I've been getting into pop punk and oh my god I love music so fucking much like. <laughs> Can fuck truck be a fuck trucks be a, a pop punk song? Oh yeah! Oh Big, yeah! Huge vibes! <laughs> huge vibes! Don't don't tell me the good time. This is gonna be great! I can't wait! You gotta come through. We we, <laughs> we got the vaccine. We're completely safe. Let's um, do it. Is there um like an element of the song or like a line of the song or just something that like that stands out to you as like something something real special? Um, I I I think I'll just tell you like how it we kind of came up with that is um. Castle, me, and Riley wrote it, and Connor was in the room. He was producing the track, like, as we went kind of thing, and it was cool. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was Connor's baseline. Um, I came in with um, the this line that was, like, Huckleberry Finn, but Huckleberry Finna do this. Like, I wanted to have a, <laughs> have a play on that, and I, yeah, I thought that fun. was... Uh, and so we started with that huckleberry finna, mm, mm, mm. and so we actually had that in the song, like it was the chorus. <laughs> and then, but we were ending with a, uh, and then uh, Riley uh, at the end, after we recorded the whole thing, he was like, you know, I think that uh, 
since this is not for your artist project, like Huckleberry Finn is kind of too specific. We should just take that out and repeat not on twice. And I was like, oh, okay, fine. And then I, and then I, I love that. I, I like that he changed it. So yeah. That's awesome. Very cool. Well, that's also just like, uh, we've talked about uh, what it means to kind of be a producer on this podcast a lot, but like having a producer could very subtly be like, okay, that's a really, really cool idea. And if it was your artist project, that is the idea. But mm-hmm. like, if we're going to broad it out, here's maybe where we can kind of like smooth the edges. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then it winds up, you know, working like, better, for the, working better for the artist project, ironically anyway. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, no, I know. Also just the, the bang, 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 bang knocking at your door, door part is so like, cool. Yeah, and just, also the melody in the drop, this sort of like this kind of eastern oh, sort yeah. of scale that. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I was already there were already like three moments in the song that I was just like, well, I wasn't expecting it to go there. And then it gets to that part. I was like, well, I really wasn't expecting it to go there, but I am so happy that it did. (laughs) (laughs) It was supposed to be, um, like, pitched to um, uh, DJ Snake featuring Blackpink. So I was like... Interesting, interesting, interesting. So, like, all my ideas were, like, very, like, what I thought was Blackpink. And it was kind of a good, like, magic Uh thing, again, because, like, I don't really listen to K-pop that much. I I know Blackpink. They're my favorite K-pop group, but I just like barely knew. So I kind of, it was more me than K-pop or more me Uh than than uh Blackpink. But I like did something for that. I don't know. It was a good, good, uh, happy medium kind of in between that. It's interesting because it reminds me, like there there is something about it that reminds me of like early Rihanna and Mm. uh, and, like MIA. Mm. And that's sort of like, like Diplo, DJ Snake era Mm. of, like early era of 2000s pop yeah. and stuff. Like that's what I love about that bang bang section uh-huh. is that like it just really feels, I mean, I, the whole record feels like very current, but also like there is something very nostalgic about like yeah. that that level of like aggression in pop music uh-huh. that like I feel like we had and we well, lost and, and we found. I, and that's, we, you know. I, I, that, that's, that's really uh, clicks everything into place for me because yeah, it's it's it feels very k-pop those are very k-pop moves to have these kind of like unexpected sessions or or pulling uh musical influences from really unexpected places and these really fun kind of talky bright sections yeah uh, and i love a lot of that kind of music uh so that's that explains why i like it so much but i think that the fact that it managed to sit you're right that it manages to sit in this perfect middle ground of even though as a, as a writer, as someone who writes for a living, I can tell that it was intended to go somewhere else, mm-hmm. that it effortlessly works in your artist works project. in your artist project. I think that's really powerful. And I think it just makes for a really fun record. Yeah, no, I'm so it's like this is just magic. You know, that that happens like like I said, it wouldn't have happened if I knew that I was going in for my own right. artist project. So it's so yeah. cool to like write that way and be like, oh, shit, I'm so happy that happened. And it's like who in the room and like everything comes together. That's what's so cool about music. It's like <laughs> the production, the, the the melodies, who was there, who had like, who mm-hmm, said this mm-hmm. one word that like sparked this one thing. That's my favorite yeah. part of it. I, yeah. I mean, I, I miss that. Yeah. You know, like I, I feel like, hell, even even if we wind up making fuck trucks, like that comes from a joke. Like yeah. there is, there is so much, chaos. Noah can vouch. There's nothing I love in this wide world more than like the concept of chaos. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing more, uh, I mean, there are plenty of things, but there's something so beautifully chaotic about how a song comes together because it is like, you can't point to all the random stuff. Like it could be 
like one thing that you saw like out the window. It could be something you were scrolling on Instagram and saw like, and then it's every small little decision. It's every small little decision that builds up and snowballs. It's why like we just hung art, like a little bit of art in the studio. And I was really, really nervous about it because I'm just like, that is not, that could, that's not inconsequential. Any other room in the house, you hang art and it's just decorative. When you hang it in the studio, that could be something that inspires a song for better or for worse or whatever, right. you know? Like, I got really, you know, really uh, <laughs> fucked up about it. It's so funny. Um, in my own little... I probably needed sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In my own little fucked up little way. But, like, it's just it's just so cool. Yeah. But I think also, like, you have such a high threshold for quality. There are so many artists who put out... Some are good songs, some are bad songs, but it's like an inconsistency of quality. And what's so cool about Motel 6 is like every song from a writing standpoint is at this level. Like every song from a production standpoint is at this level. Like you you are operating on like a level of quality that is very clearly like discerned. And that's really, really cool to see. Like that's just something that I really, really respect, you know? Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, I mean, and obviously like, the people that I work with as well. And I never want to like discredit anybody because they're fucking amazing. Well, and for sure. And I, and I but I feel like it's, it's a little give and take, like, you yeah. know, uh, you, at the end of the day, we all choose who we work with and mm-hmm. that's part of that discernment, mm-hmm. you know? But I think what is really cool is like, you know, this, the, that's sort of like the fact that all that works together isn't a small feat. Like I feel yeah. like mm-hmm. anybody listening to it, like don't don't see how hard that is because of how effortless mm-hmm. you make it. But mm-hmm. like there are so many ways of getting a song like not uh, wrong. Yeah. The yeah. fact that it is airtight means that everybody's hands were on deck and yeah. their threshold for quality was just huge. Yeah. And it's like it's really cool and it's very spiritual to make music and and um if you have too many people there, it might fuck it up. It might be too perfect, too whatever. Like I've seen projects where I'm like, there was 15 writers on this and it just sounds like something I've heard. Like I'm like so surprised, but it's because they have like, I kind of like to break rules. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, yeah. I get that. So, and I like working with people that also kind of like to break rules, but also like maybe get me a little closer to the box. <laughs> Yeah. No, <laughs> if you exactly. know what I mean. <laughs> no, and what's, what's cool is so many people in pop music want to sound unique. Like so many people are like sort of struggle to sound like something that's different. That also works in the pop idiom. Mm-hmm. Uh, or like sound like themselves. Yeah. It doesn't sound like they're trying too hard to sound weird. I mm. think what's really cool is that there is, there is, like I can't I can't point to anybody who like sounds like you and yet it doesn't feel like you're trying hard to sound like something you know yeah well going back to what you're saying earlier like it's 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 not acting it's not acting you that's just how you how you are and it is it's really like that for me i i I will go in the studio and uh my mentality has changed since the beginning i think i i my first songs i would go in the studio and i i say i want something that sounds top 40 like that was very much my mentality and then i completely changed like fucking so much where i'm like I don't even want to know what it's going to sound like. Almost like, yes, I do. Sometimes I do go in with obviously like the sound that I want, but I liked it to really happen naturally. And it, and I don't want to say I want something weird or I want something blah. Like I just kind of say, I mean, obviously, yes, if it's going too, too, too mainstream and I don't like it, then yes, I will say, let's change something up. Let's make it a little more interesting or whatever. But 
uh, it's just all organic is basically what I'm saying. Well, I, I, love that. I, I appreciate that. I, I think the fact that you've figured that out so quickly too, I think it took us literally years. Like, cause when we first came out here, we were like, okay, yeah, let's write like hot 100 pop. Yeah. That didn't necessarily resonate with us. And it took a while for us to say, okay, well, we could also just make our own stuff and potentially dictate what the Hot 100 is. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, like we could we could lift our friends up. We can produce yeah. our friends. We can write our own stuff and have it be true to our our authenticity, and maybe have that make enough waves so that it, it's changing what the sound is, as opposed to us trying to change for the sound. Yeah, so to speak, you know. Yeah, and that's also part of the reason why I like working with up and coming writers and up and coming producers because like it's more exciting we're growing together you know yeah yeah oh i mean that's uh, communities everything does that's why we have that's why we have a podcast you know yeah (laughs) yeah um so uh here's my segue which is no has a crazy baseline our patreon subscriber alan c has a question for you which is do you have a favorite baseline in um, any song, not not your songs necessarily. Um, in any but song, like any song ever. Like, what's your favorite bass line Ooh. in a song? Oh man, if you just saw my playlist, like of all my saved songs, you would understand. There's thousands that <laughs> why one just I just blank out when people ask me what do you listen to. It's like I don't no, fucking sure. know. Um, and I thought about it literally like yesterday. I'm pretty sure I was in the car. I was like, ooh, this bass line. And I still don't remember what song that was. Like, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I definitely like, you know, the, the catchiness and stuff in the, the bass line of, of Nuh-uh. But um, I know that there's obviously other people's songs. I just can't remember. And I'm really sorry. Tell him I'm sorry. Um, no, it's it, it's all, it's all it's all good. Um, it, I, I think it's a very interesting question. It is yeah. interesting question. I actually have a very... Clear answer. Immediate, my brain yeah? immediately went to something. What's your answer? Yeah. There's a song by the Red Hot Chili Peppers mm. on Stadium Arcadium yeah. called So Much I. Yeah. And the bass line's crazy. It's like do 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 do. And obviously, like, you know, to, to mention the Red Hot Chili Peppers, you know, one of the best bass players in history. Cool. But the reason why that's mine is because I remember when I first heard it, it was like a revelation. Mm. And our bass player in my like band in middle school. Like I was in a little band in middle school and he <laughs> was an, an amazing bass player and, and like my best friend at the time. And he could put, he could play that. And like there was something about the fact that he could play this bass line. Um, and I just still was trying to like figure out like how piano fit into rock music. Right. Or like fit into like that, you know. So I felt like this like weird sort of emotional disconnect from like what I what I was so fascinated by and what I could actually like accomplish. So, but there's something really like, I, I get emotional every time I hear that baseline. Like mm. it's very nostalgic mm, for me, what, even though it's like this very upbeat What thing, song is it? You know? So Much I by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I'll have to right, listen to it later. I know the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Maybe I know that song too, but I'll have to listen it's, to it. It's not one of the more popular songs mm. on Stadium Arcadium. Like Stadium Arcadium had so many know, hits. Yeah, so many fucking hits yeah. on it. But like, you know, it had uh, Danny California and all that shit. Mm-hmm. But like, um, and snow, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, it's also like a 30 song fucking record. Yeah, so there's some really <laughs> it made a lot of music. Yeah, deep cuts. It's a deep cut, but like it's a really cool bass line. Do you have one? Have, the thing that comes to mind is uh, Panic Station by Muse. I just love Whoa. that bass line. It's very like uh, it's like real heavy slap. Like the bass line literally just starts like dun, dun, dun. 
done. It's really simple. It's a really simple baseline. I'm not splicing it in, by the way. Like we're just keeping yeah, those keeping baselines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it. Um, I don't know. There's just something I love about it. It's really fun. It's really simple. I think it's one of the first times, like my brain was really activated to like, oh, that's like the base. Like the base can do that. Like I'm obsessed with this baseline. I feel like before that, I never really like. I actually used to have a running joke that that bass wasn't important. I used to it was like a, like a really? musician joke of like oh yeah like like the bass is just the guitar with fewer notes like if you're a bassist like you're bad at music like I had that weird pre oh, see, preconception. I, I had the opposite. I'm just like like I can't wait for the bass uprising. Like no more <laughs> guitar players. Yeah, now I mean now I think I have. Like, <laughs> any, if I, I mean I, I still love the guitar as an instrument, but now I'm like the bass is uh, you know is is so important. And I'm gonna and, come out on the record and say I I. Uh, uh, I I love guitars. I I hate ninety five percent of guitarists. Yeah, that's yeah. so valid. That's so funny. Well, thank you, Alan C, for yeah, your question. question. As always, they're really really cool, thought provoking questions. But speaking of questions, are you ready for the question round? The question round. Yeah, yeah. I guess I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> ready, ready, ready as you'll ever be. Ready as you'll ever be. That's hard-hitting journalism here. The first question is, what is your phone background? It is a quote that says, success formula. Do more of what works and less of what doesn't. Don't Amazing. <laughs> That's great. I love that. That's so funny. Do more of what works, do, do less, less of, of what doesn't, doesn't work. It's so simple, but it's so true. <laughs> yeah, that is actually really good. I love that. Cuts right to the heart of it. Um, <laughs> Uh, why yeah. did I think of that? <laughs> yeah, fuck. I feel like I've been living that way my whole life, but like <laughs> I, I've had to like navigate. I feel like my like it's like do more of what is good and all right and <laughs> is like is functioning <laughs> and do less of what hurts your feelings and makes you feel bad as a person. Like I feel yeah. like I've like I've circled the drain right. of that quote my whole life. It was really so funny. But like that obviously applies to, you know, how you feel like you were saying or like anything. Fucking anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean I think that is uh, in in essence the process of getting better as a creative. Like it's yeah. it, it is discerning, yeah. it is getting better at discerning what works about what you do and what doesn't work about what you do. Tell them nah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a non-musical hobby? Oh God, I get asked this, and and I should prepare more because I don't know every time. I I love um, spying on people. Nice. Um, <laughs> That's good. Wait, like physically so or cool. on on the internet? Huh? Like physically or on the internet? Like through a, through a parking garage window or just like Instagram? <laughs> <laughs> I say I love internet stalking for sure, but I live like in real life. Yeah, you, you you turn the camera. It's just like a bunch of just fucking spy gear. Yeah, <laughs> I've <laughs> looked goggles at, and the antenna. No, but for real, there's this spy shop in LA, and I've gone so many times by that shop. Like I fucking want to go so bad, but I've never mm-hmm. done it. But I need to. You should do it. Yeah, I mean, if that's invest in your hobbies, it's important to get do the, more of get, what works. Do more of what. Yeah, <laughs> do what you're drawn to do. Yeah, yeah, so drawn um, to that. <laughs> Interesting. Um, most important question of the podcast. Most important question of the podcast. Would you be a pirate? Arr. Oh, I remember you guys asking people um, that. Um, do people the pirates steal? Okay, so I mean, yes, y- yes, but so here's the thing. Uh, we actually recently watched a pirate documentary to be more versed in this uh, <laughs> question. Did they steal? 
Yes, but they were stealing from Spain and Britain, who in themselves were at the time stealing from the colonies that they had in their um, imperialism. And also part of what they were stealing were slave ships to free slaves. So pirates were stealing, but they were stealing from these giant global superpowers that were, uh, I think, more morally reprehensible. Yeah. Yeah. So Damn. the question is really, what is your threshold for for lawful versus chaotic? Like what, as, as a person, how willing are you to go outside the bounds of the society that you live in to to uh, for personal gain and for for theoretically social change? Because the thing about pirates is like, yeah, there's an altruistic component to it, but they also all were in in the in 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 the business of of enriching themselves. But if I may, I feel like r- reaching out to a friend of somebody that she knew from Spotify is a pirate ass move okay but like that's like like big ball energetically but she didn't break any laws with that like no but you don't have to break a law to be a pirate i mean you yeah i mean not necessarily well i'm a rule breaker that's for sure yeah i don't really care about rules i think they were made because there's too much stupidity or because they i don't know what why okay some rules i agree with whatever uh, same with laws, to be honest. You know what I mean? Like, if it yeah. if it doesn't hurt somebody, I'm okay with breaking a law as well. Um, yeah. But I do believe in karma, and I, I, I wouldn't want to, like, if I feel bad about it, if I know I'm hurting somebody, then I wouldn't want to do it. I wouldn't steal from somebody. Well, I think, I think, I think, uh, you know, the, the idea of being a modern pirate is making a little bit of trouble or just like trying to break the rules a little bit. Like, I don't think it's full on outlaw, but I think that like, you know, I think at some point I'm going to stand up about, uh, you know, the fact that I think it should be illegal that, uh, streaming platforms don't pay podcasters royalties, but, uh, it's not illegal currently. But see, here's the thing. I would argue that doing something like that, like, like, you know, lobbying Congress to change the sort of laws around around podcasting. Like, I would be much more inclined to do. Like, if I lived in the age of piracy, I've been thinking about this a lot. If I lived in the age of piracy, I think I'd be more inclined to rise up through the ranks of of society and try to affect change in in within the system rather than going outside the system and being being more now. And I, I would argue that, like, even though the ethos is very pirate of of wanting to change a system that you feel like is unjust. I think that there's that there is a difference between but, stealing but, from a ship right, and changing think, a system. I think, pro, I think protesting is pirate, especially if yeah. they say it's unlawful gathering. No, for sure. You know. Um, yeah. Uh, so on three, is it a yes or is it a no to ah, being a pirate? Okay. Um, three, uh, two, r one. Yes. Yes. <laughs> one more for pirate. <laughs> <laughs> Join our crew. <laughs> I just I, I don't have anything against pirates. I think I, I I love the question. I just feel like if we both were very gung ho about pirates, it would be a much less interesting oh, question. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm just trying to present other yeah. ways of looking at it. Also, how do you feel about sailing is the other component. Sailing? Because <laughs> the big reason I wouldn't be a pirate is I hate the ocean. I'm scared of the ocean. It terrifies yeah. me. I don't like sailing. I okay. don't like the water. I don't like fish. I wouldn't do it. I just wouldn't do it. It wouldn't be fun for me. I just wouldn't like it. I started, I actually agree with you. I think I would be a little scared of like, uh, when you're close to the water, it's scary to me. Not with big ships though. I'm not scared of the ocean in that way. Just when you're like really close with a small little sailing boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I uh, I do like being on the, uh, I, I like being on the briny sea. Yeah, that, that is not my idea of the time <laughs> at all. I like land. <laughs> I like well, solid ground. I'm, I'm glad we settled this score today. <laughs> <laughs> what's uh, What's the next question, Young Noah? The next question is: Arr. Do you have any tattoos? If so, what was your first? 
I don't. Um, I did, however, design. I'm going to say design because it's not a big design, but uh, one of my friend's tattoos. And, and she's never gotten a tattoo. And, like, a couple weeks ago, I was like, oh, you know, cool tattoo would be, like, little purple dots on each tip of your finger. And I just thought Whoa. that, yeah. Mm. And she went to get it, like, the next day. And now she's like, please design my next tattoos. And so I'm working on that. <laughs> but no, That's I don't have sad. any tattoos. That's really cool. And I don't I have that. any the tattoos because I love tattoos. I just feel like I get sick of things so fucking quickly. Like, if I get yeah. a shirt, yeah. I will hate it the next. Yeah, so I can't. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, exactly. It's it's tough. But we, we were actually just talking uh, on, the, on the podcast the other day about how, like, if I were to get a, t a tattoo, I feel like the way to do it would be to have a friend design it. Yeah. Because there's something about, yeah. about the personal connection to it, which would make me less inclined to hate it down the line because it wouldn't be about the aesthetic of the thing. It would be more about my relationship with that person. Well, that's and, the thing. And, that's the thing yeah. for me. I know that if it was more like of a spontaneous kind of fun, whatever like memory attached to it then it would be like I wouldn't really regret it if there's too much thought into it like I would that's when I would regret it so I think that like one of the things that I, I wanted actually as a tattoo with one of my friends we were both going to get it is like the word butt face like because, <laughs> nice. because, really it's so, because it's so funny and like fun and it just always makes you laugh like who's going to regret that nobody not me that's awesome that's so funny I love that's that so pirate it's very pirate <laughs> I'm Buttface. I'm Buttface. I'm, I'm the Captain Buttface. That's true. Aye. Ahoy. Could you recommend uh, our listeners uh, and us uh, a movie, a book, and a TV show? Movie. Sound of Music. Just because that's nice. the one that comes to mind. And I don't really watch movies, but I think that Sound of Music is just such a beautiful classic. Like, I just love that movie. Yeah. Um, so that book... Maybe just The Alchemist. I know that's very unoriginal, but that's oh, that's, the, that's a recent one that I listened to. So, hey, The, the Alchemist. Yeah. And you said TV show? What's it called? Miss Maisel or something? Oh, yeah. Oh, Marvelous Miss Maisel. Because, yeah, because, because, again, I don't watch TV, but my mom watches that show. And so when I watch it with her, it's like always a good time. I love that. That's really sweet. My mom loves Maisel because uh, we're Jews. In New York, <laughs> <laughs> relatable, but also, but also because my my mom, um, she's uh, in her fifties and um, she really wants to do uh, stand up comedy. Like she really wants to like fuck like, yeah, you know, kind of do a stand up uh, routine. And every time she says, I'm like, write it, just yeah, just do it, write just it, do it. it. She's, mom? she's been saying it for years. You know, mom, if you're listening, which uh, you're probably not, but if you are. <laughs> No, my mom's my mom's super supportive, but she does not uh, have the patience for podcasts. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you are listening, though, mom, write your fucking comedy show. Yeah, I think do it'll it. be funny. Yeah, um, you know, be that pirate. I, I think the thing is too, though, is that like, like I want to be supportive, but also I don't want to be her sounding board because I think it might be raunchy. Like I think that like the <laughs> the, the, the crux is I about like post-divorce dating, and I'm like, okay, mom, <laughs> uh, you do you. Not, I don't. I don't have to. I be don't the, have to uh, be a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, That's but, valid. But yeah. That's very valid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Next question Next is: question. Uh, Do you have a scar with a story? A scar with a story. With a story, or a scar without a story? A scar you can't explain. <laughs> a scar you can't explain. That's even more interesting in some oh. ways. 
can't explain. Yeah, there's definitely some that I'm like, where the fuck did that come from? But um, <laughs> like, there's one on my elbow. I can't even see it right now. But there's one on my elbow. It's not that interesting story. But basically, I was riding. We were all bike riding with my family in Canada, and the, and my cousin was there, and I was trying so hard to show off, like I was trying to do a wheelie, and I did one, and then I tried to do another. And I was like, "You weren't looking," and I was like, "Look at me!" And then, like when I did it again, I like flip it off of my bike and oh, like no. landed. Yeah, yeah. We've all been there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Look, ma, no hands, yeah. and then you lose your hands. Yeah, you, mo- most of most of my scars are actually from like very young biking accidents. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Biking or skateboarding, yeah. I got I, I hit my head on a like a really big piece of marble as a kid, and it, it was like this inch like deep gash in my forehead. Uh, Ow. I was playing with my dog, and the dog knocked me into this into this marble staircase. Ow! Uh, or stone. It was like old, like these big stone steps, and and it completely split my head open. And my mom was just like, "Oh, this looks bad." Is like, <laughs> but she, in, in in talking about it, like uh, sent like retroactively she's like yeah i just didn't want to go take to the hospital because i thought it'd be traumatizing so i didn't get stitches for it i just kind of let it heal naturally (laughs) which but the thing here's the thing that sticks with me about it is at the time i was like oh it's on my forehead like i'll be like harry potter with the scar on my forehead but it's a little bit above my hairline so it's like i don't (laughs) even get that like a cool scar on my forehead sometimes like when when my hair is up you can sort of see it but it's not like if you're gonna have a big old stupid injury on your forehead at least like let it be a cool harry potter scar and i'm I'm just disappointed that i didn't get that out of it um Speaking of, of scars and tattoos, I, I I actually recently found out via TikTok how tattoos work because like your skin is constantly being um, oh yeah uh, like be, being cycled. That. The re- the way that tattoos actually work is that uh, when the ink gets injected, uh, there's I forgot the name of the cell, but there's a cell or there's one part of your immune system that's like oh no that's not supposed to be there and it eats the ink, mm. but it can't move. Like it eats the ink and then it just kind of stays there. Whoa. And then when it dies, uh, the ink is there again. And another one goes, oh no, that ink isn't supposed to be there. So it eats the ink what? and it doesn't move. Oh my God. So what's crazy, oh. what's crazy is that it's actually not in your skin cells. It's being eaten by it's these uh, and just cycled, cycled through, through these by these, by these um, like little organisms little that you organisms. have that don't move. Whoa. And that's how tattooing works. But in that vein, I forgot that I actually do have a tattoo. You forgot? I forgot because it's uh, it's I didn't choose it. But when I was four or five years old, my brother ran with a pen or a pencil from across the hallway oh. and stabbed me in the back. Oh my god! And I uh, still have the mark. Interesting. Like it's not just it. It looks like a birthmark, but it's actually where a pencil jabbed in or a pen jabbed in, and then I think this little. Uh, cell has been eating it, it for for years. That's wild, actually. Whoa. <laughs> wow! So, uh, My dad wow. has something like that, actually, from when he was little, like a pencil or something. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Mm. Very cool. Very cool. Huh? All right. Huh. What are three thoughts you have at this very moment? I'm on a day 107 on my goals journal. So, like, except nice. except for Christmas, I've been writing at least 10 goals a day since. That's 107 that's awesome. days. Woo! Wait, would you would you be willing to share what your goals are for today? I think like last night before I went to bed and I wrote these, I kind of like wasn't in the mood. And I that's why I'm proud of myself because a lot of times I'm like, do I really have to write this right now? Like I'm tired and I do it. Yeah. But um, so sometimes they're kind of like, I want this. I want this like stuff that I already kind of obviously know. And sometimes they're more spiritual. So last night it was kind of more... Um, Spotify related like one of them is uh 
I'm on Radar US. I'm on Pop Rising. Um, happy relationship with my mom, and we laugh a lot and have fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, something about my focus being good. Because my focus isn't mm. that good, and it's been like that since I was little. But I think that has to do with also just like simply just taking more vitamins and stuff like that. Because I noticed that when I do that, I have better focus. So that's one of the things. Exercise too. I don't really exercise. Um, so, so are they there? Because I, I have like, in, I have a daily journal that I have my to do list, and yeah. and then I have like month, like my month goals. Yeah. Where uh, anything that I don't do in that month that like I've set out as a goal, I'll actually put into the next month, but add a star. So the stars mm-hmm. actually represent like how many. And I actually have some things in there that I actually had to make a different shape to re- represent a year. Like I have things that I've had you know, going month to month for like two years or three years. But it sounds to me like your goal lists are less of like, oh, I can check this off. Yeah. um, And and more like just focus your mind. It's not Mm -hmm. a to-do list. It's like very much goals, like, like in terms of like what I want in my life, period. So sometimes it is like, uh, I have full, like, here's one. I have full perception and knowingness and awareness. Like, that's so random, but it's yeah. just, like, that's how I want to feel or whatever. And then there's, yeah. like, trending song on TikTok. That's so, like, material, you know, whatever. So all that's, kinds of that's, things. Yeah. Well, you're steering the ship. You're steering the ship. Yeah. It's, it's manifesting. I almost said it's a manifesto. Yeah. Well, yeah. But, like, it's, yeah. it's, it's is, manifesting. Sort of yeah. It is, yeah. That's why I do it. And also, it's good to keep your mind in the future and not just stuck in your current problems. It's like, okay, yeah. what yeah. do I actually want my life to be in later? Like, yeah, so I... It forces me. I appreciate meeting a, a fellow journaler. I uh, I am a, yeah. a very intense journaler. Um, oh, you, you you have two more thoughts in this very moment. Yeah. What do you got? Um, farts. Nice farts. Yes. Good thought. And um, how delicious um French bread and good ass like cheese like platter like a good <laughs> cheese platter. Yeah. Those those are my thoughts. Yeah. I love that. A good charcuterie can go, uh, or as Matt James from The Bachelor calls it, a good charcuterie. charcuterie. Good charcuterie can save lives. <laughs> good charcuterie can save lives. I mean, I guess in the sense that all food can save lives. Yeah, all food all, food saves our life on a daily basis, and we don't think it enough. We don't think it enough. No, um, I, I, it, it literally excites me so much to try new food. Like, I get really excited. It's great. It's one of the, the purest joys, purest human joys we have. Yeah. And lastly, what are you looking forward to? Spending more time with my mom. Like having the successes with my mom because we've both worked so hard. She's been by my side the whole time. And just like actually celebrating those successes together. I love that this year has really made me see like how much I want. Like a lot of my goals, if if you look in my journal, are more about how I want to feel than what I want to have, which is Mm -hmm. good. Although it's always good to have actual like physical universe goals as well. But um, I am looking forward to like becoming uh, more and more happy uh, and and having like more more and more of a social life as well, like having fun and including that because I've been working hard, but it's I am a, an extrovert and uh, I can't wait to like have more of that in my life. Well, I can't wait till we can all, you know, go out to shows again and, yeah. you know, and, and be able to get pizza again and. Uh, and do sessions, I tr- and, and also I stuff. truly can't wait to see what your live set would look like. Oh my god, that's gonna be so much fun! Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be dancing, we're gonna be dancing and screaming at front row. So that's just how it's gonna, gonna yeah. go down. But thank you 
so much for for coming on our podcast for talking about your record like Thank you're you. awesome and i'm sorry i was so defensive when we first met but i'm glad that we have become <laughs> friends and, you didn't seem defensive uh, and- at all by the way you seem like the <laughs> nicest person ever i was like oh my god he's really sweet i liked you right maybe away my de- maybe my defenses are by being nice maybe my defense is like <laughs> like just match wherever anybody's at um but but also i remember just being really really um uh, impressed and uh, inspired by what you're what you're doing. Thank you so much for for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. We would like to thank Alan C. for supporting Talking Lion on Patreon and Isotope.